folks, welcome to Just Jesus. This is lesson three, and today's lesson is redemption. So if you've got your notes and you've got your pens and your pads or your phones or your iPads these days to make bullet point notes as you go along, that's great. But first, let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray now for those who are listening to this teaching that you would illuminate their understanding by the Holy Spirit, that we can go from this lesson understanding that we are redeemed people and that, Lord, you have redeemed us through your blood. And it's an event that has taken place truly in our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So again, we're going to track through this lesson together. Remember, we're doing this together. So don't just, you know, let it go in one ear and out the other kind of thing. Let, wherever you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it in segments, whether you're listening to it while walking the dog or whatever, try and absorb the lesson and make your bullet points of what really speaks to you in your heart by the Holy Spirit as you listen to this teaching. Remember to write down no more than five real bullet points of maybe what the Holy Spirit has really brought out of this lesson to you. And that's so important then to go and pray on them things and, 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 and let it really sink into your heart and mind. So without further ado, let's begin this lesson. Lesson three, redemption in Christ Jesus. If you've got your notes, let's turn to the introduction and, you know, kind of read the introduction together. Okay. When you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You are now a person bought from the penalty of sin forever. Let me read that again with you. When you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You are now a person bought from the penalty of sin forever. And before we continue in this lesson, that is the general meaning of what I mean by redemption. That you've been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus and you have been brought from and from under the penalty of sin forever. And I really want that if you're listening to this session, to really kind of sink in to your walk with the Lord. Because in our culture today, of course, there are penalties for certain things that we do. For instance, if you park in the wrong place, you'll get a fine. You'll get a, what do they call it? A penalty notice. If you commit more serious crime, there is a judgment and a penalty which has prison attached to it if you do some things that are dreadfully wrong in your job for instance you can be fired that's a certain amount of penalty and in family life of course especially when you you're teaching your kids and they're growing up and they do things wrong sometimes and even intentionally or not intentionally there can be certain penalties or consequences from sitting on the naughty step to when the teenagers you know saying look i'm taking the xbox off you for a while whatever it may be there are consequences and penalty 
connections to what we do in life, isn't that? And and that is the case while we're on this planet. You know, there's a cause and an effect, and there are penalties in a sense to what we do in life. There are repercussions to what we do in life, and and that's why we we try not to do certain things because there are repercussions for doing so. But the in in the Christian walk, we've got to be careful that. We don't bring this kind of mentality into our walk with the Lord. Because while there might be earthly consequences and penalties to, for instance, the sins we commit as a Christian, uh, you know, if you do something wrong in your family, there's going to be repercussions. Of course there is. And there is an understanding that God is not happy with sin and, and things like that, of course. But there was a penalty connected to us, a judgment to hell, judgment to the lake of fire that we could not pay. And that's the reality, folks. And, 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 and we've got to understand when we look at this subject of redemption, we're not to live our lives trying to redeem ourselves from the penalties of sin, trying to redeem ourselves on a constant basis. And I want that to sink in because Christians, even though they get saved, and you might have recently got saved, or you might be a Christian for many years, we can get into a pattern, if we're not careful, of trying to pay penance to God, trying to get him to forgive us even more, trying to get him to reconcile us even more, trying to get him to uh, kind of deal with the penalty even more because we live in the culture of fear of penalty. But the reality is salvation is just that. Salvation is salvation. You have been saved from the wrath of God. You've been saved from the penalty of sin. You've been saved from hell. You've been saved from the lake of fire. So a Christian does not need to keep living in a kind of penalty worldview. As though God's so angry at us for every single thing we do wrong and and therefore, you know, we're, we're doomed and we're condemned. But there's no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And before we go on, because we're looking at this issue of penalty, I'm not saying our issues and sins don't have consequences in life, because they do, and we try and limit those consequences. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't get upset with us if we do things wrong. He does. But the, 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 what, what I see sometimes in Christians' lives is this penance mentality. And you can see even in church life sometimes how people at the extreme culture in church life try and cut themselves. There's some people around the world who will put themselves on crosses and, and or bleed or cut blood. And, but there's also the less extreme where we try and fast and pray for so many days to be cleansed or, uh, you know, to redeem ourselves from the penalty of our sins. Or we might feel we need to confess the sins of our fathers. We don't. You know, uh, we might feel that we need to confess the sins of our nation. We don't, um, you know, or keep repeating on confessing our sins from our past. 
We don't. We're new creations, as I've already said. And so we have been redeemed from that penalty. So before we go on, let's break that culture, break that mindset, break that worldview that sometimes we can religiously have. We don't have to pay penance to God as, as like a redeeming factor because we've been redeemed. How do I know that? Well, let's go to the Bible study section of your notes. And we've got two scriptures. Let's read them first and then we'll have a track through. Okay, Romans 3 verse 24 says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And the second scripture is 1 Corinthians 1 verse 13. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So let's go back to Romans 3.24 just for a moment. Now we've dealt with being justified freely in lesson two, that you've been made righteous haven't you? You've been pronounced righteous because you are righteous. Let me say that again. You've been pronounced righteous in right standing with God because you have been made actually righteous with his righteousness. And so God has pronounced you righteous because he's not pretending he's actually made you righteous with his own righteousness. Hallelujah. And it's by his grace and the means that that has arrived to you, the, the means by which he has done and made you righteous and declared you righteous was through the means of the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And first of all, notice again, in Christ Jesus is the term. And again, this is our place in Christ in his death, burial and resurrection. And so we're in him and what he achieved through his death and resurrection is what he has achieved for us and in us and because we are in him. Hallelujah. And we must understand. And one of those things is redemption. So, Rich, what does redemption mean? Well, let's just have a look at the word study just for a moment. And we see two words. And uh, again, we see the word through, which we're going to explain in a minute. And that simply means the ground or reason by which something is done or is. Okay. And redemption, it means deliverance affected through the death of Christ from the retribution wrath of, a, of the Holy God and the merited penalty of sin. Liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. There's a lot in there, isn't there? So let's track through. First of all, as I said, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we've received righteousness through this redemption. And so the word through is the ground or reason by, some, by which something is or done. So we are made righteous, connecting the last lesson, we are made righteous because it's by the grounds or the reason of his redemptive power. And so, hallelujah, we, we've got to understand that we have redemption. We have deliverance 
affected through the death of Christ. So again, when I talk about penalty and, and, and Christians trying to do their own penance to deliver themselves, maybe sins they've even committed in the week, maybe you're that kind of person, and you go into a place of real downness where the accuser really gets into your head. I'm not saying you haven't done certain things, but sometimes we allow the accuser to, to really bring us low. We can do that for ourselves, for our families, for our children, through whatever situation we find ourselves, or maybe even in church life. You feel you have to kind of give penance to God because he saved you, but now you've got to make it up to him for doing such a wonderful work. And instead of thankfulness, it becomes a penance. And so you're trying to keep yourself on the good side of God. So you don't want to receive his penalty. You don't want to receive his wrath. You want to be on the good side of God the Father. Let me say to you now, very clearly as you look into this lesson on the screen, you are, as a Christian, on the good side of the Father, if I can term it that way. You see, you haven't got to get round the Father. You haven't got to kind of cozy up to the Father to get him to like you again. He likes you. You know, you're on his good side because you're in Christ. Let me say that again. You're just as much on the good side of God the Father as Christ is because you're in Christ. And he has redeemed you from penalty. So there's no need for penance anymore. Now, does this mean, of course, we think, well, there's no penalty anymore to what I do. I can sin uh, my head off, as it were. Absolutely not. God forbid. Because the realities I've already said, there are penalties and causes, effects in life. If you're horrible to your wife, oh, my word, it can cause all kinds of arguments, upset. You know, there are life consequences, aren't there? And the Holy Spirit will be grieved and there'll be a war between your flesh and your spirit and it'll be an uncomfortable life to have. And if you really understand how much he's done for you in these lessons, you will love him and give him thanks. And you won't want to go and sing your head off. That is fact because he's done so much for you. But the reality is in Christ, penalty has been paid. You've actually been delivered through the death of Christ from the retribution wrath of God, of a holy God. Because God is holy, God is just. And so when, you, when Adam sinned, and this is the key folks, when Adam sinned, he brought us under the wrath of God. He brought us under condemnation. He brought us under the retribution of penalty in God's terms. That's what Adam did for the whole human race. So that's why when we talk about penance and, and trying to pay God back or trying to pay God for our deliverance, it, it's really silly because there's nothing we can do is that there's not enough penance you can do there's not enough payment you can do to free yourself from a lost eternity there's nothing you could pay god or do for god to free yourself from the lake of fire or hell there's nothing you could do to free yourself from the penalty of sin folks there's not enough payment because at the end of the day, it cost blood. It cost 
life. It cost the life of Jesus Christ. It cost the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only offering that God accepted. Christ's life, Christ's very blood. Hallelujah. And that is fact because God has a blood economy, as it were, when it comes to payment because the blood is the life. The life is in the blood. And so when we talk about the blood of Christ, we're talking about the very life of Christ. Hallelujah. That was given on your behalf. There's nothing you can do before you were saved. There's nothing you can do after you're saved. The price for your redemption has already been paid. I'll say that again. Has already been paid by Jesus Christ. So this deliverance was affected through the death of Christ from the retribution wrath of God. That is why, now let's just take a moment together. That is why when Jesus Christ came to the earth in his Galilean ministry, he says, I've not come to condemn the world, but to save it. Because the world is condemned already. Isn't that a funny statement for Jesus to make? He says, I've not come to, come to condemn the world. I've come to save it because the world is condemned already. What do you mean the world was condemned already? From the moment Adam sinned, he brought us, the whole human race, under the same condemnation of the devil. So we was all heading for the lake of fire, folks, and a lost eternity, separate from God. So when Jesus came to the world, there wasn't the righteous ones and the unholy ones. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The whole human race, folks, was under the condemnation already and heading ultimately under the wrath of God. It was like there was a sentence given. It's like a court case, if you think, where sometimes there can be a, a, a guilty verdict. And then, uh, for instance, for those who are in America, there's a death row, isn't there? And people are on death row sometimes for many years before the actual sentence is carried out, the penalty for what they've done. In the same way, there was a sentence given out of death, lostness, and the, ultimately the lake of fire. So that is what the human race is in. So we've been under the penalty of sin. Without Christ, we was under the penalty of sin. We were separated from God already. That was part of that condemnation. But ultimately, there was a wrath coming. There is a penalty, ultimate penalty, of separation from God forever, eternally, in the lake of fire. And that's to be carried out. And we have been delivered. You should be shouting hallelujah. We have been delivered from that penalty. And that's what redemption really is. Okay, let's continue. And the merited penalty of sin. And so sin does merit penalty. It does merit penalty. The problem what we can get into as Christians, we can look at sin and say, yes, it merits penalty. And so we begin to take on our own penalty. 
Well, according to the scripture, the, the penalty for sin is death. So this doesn't make sense, does it? We can't pay that penalty. You see, the merited penalty is death. So it's something we cannot pay. But Christ has already paid it on our behalf. And that's why it's just Jesus. When it comes to the payment, the it's like a ransom. This word redemption is like a ransom price. We was in slavery, wasn't we? Total slavery to sin. Total slavery to death, folks. We was under that condemnation. We was spiritually, as it were, chained up in sin and death. And there was no way out. For death had its final say. And punishment of eternally had its final, final say. But Christ has paid the ransom price. If you think sometimes, I mean, there's no the shops around where something is given over into a shop and you, you get a ticket, is it? And then you go and pay the price later and get something back. Well, when Adam sinned, he handed us over to sin. He handed us, handed us over to death. And God came in flesh in his son Jesus and brought us back with his precious blood. Something that was always his but was handed over to sin and death, he brought us back. And the price was the blood of Christ, the very life of Christ himself. Hallelujah. And that's what we've got to understand. And so it was a merited penalty. Yes, absolutely. We was all destined to hell and the like of fire. It was a merited penalty, but Christ has paid the ransom price for our freedom from the slavery to sin and death, hallelujah, and the future wrath of God. It was liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. And if you think of those who are held in captivity sometimes and they are in slavery or they are bound in prison and then a ransom price is demanded and a ransom price is paid. Now, you've got to understand here that the devil was not asking for the ransom price. God the Father put the price level up. It's the God the Father who says, this is the means by which a man can be liberated from the slavery of sin and death. The price is a sinless life and blood. And so we had all sinned. We were all born in sin. Our blood had sin running through our veins, as it were. Our spiritual and physical DNA, as it were, had, was tainted with sin. And so we could not pay that ransom price for ourselves. No matter how good you were, no matter how good you are, no matter how good you think you can be, you can never pay the ransom price. And so Jesus came sinless, with sinless blood, with sinless DNA, as it were, spiritual and physical, in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. And so he paid the ransom price to free us. Now, it's liberation, the Greek word says. So Christians, my brethren, people who are listening to this, 
Understand now you are to walk in your liberation, not keep fearing penalty, not trying to keep making things up to God, not trying to pay almost a ransom price for yourself by praying longer, studying longer. Them are all good things. Or thinking if I give more, God will think more of me. Or if I pray more, God will think more of me. Or if I read my Bible more, God will think more of me. I'll be on his good side. I pay the penance. No, folks. Absolutely not. The penance has been paid. The price has been paid for our freedom and for our liberation. So what do we have to do as believers? We have to live in that freedom. We have to live in the enjoyment of that liberation. We have to live free from guilt and condemnation, feeling, fearing that God's going to penalise us all the time. Absolutely not. And you might say, well, well that, that's too freeing. No, it's absolutely the right move because God has set this up so that when you realise how free you are, when it comes to issues then and attitudes of heart, attitudes of mind, behaviour, sinful practices, instead of fearing penalty coming on you because you know you are founded in Christ because you know you have no penalty to fear you can approach God the Father in total confidence to help you by his spirit to help you with your attitudes your behaviors your sinful practices the things that are not right in your life whatever it may be big or small you can approach him knowing you have nothing to fear on with him so you say father I need help by your Holy Spirit so instead of hiding you approach him with confidence and that's what this truth of redemption really brings in a life of believers hallelujah and so the redemption price has been paid which was actually the blood of Christ so 1 Corinthians 1 30 on your Bible reading notes it says but of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And so again, he is our redemption. He is the one that has affected through his death our liberation and freedom, not ourselves. And nothing that we have done, can do, will do, will affect that. So what am I saying? If the ransom price has been paid, listen to me carefully, which was the blood of Christ, and we'll find out more in a minute. If that price has been paid, what do you have to pay? If the price has been paid, what does God even have to keep paying? God, Christ, doesn't have to keep paying for your redemption, your freedom from penalty. You don't have to keep paying your freedom from the penalty your salvation is secure in Christ because there's no penalty of the wrath of God condemnation fear of hell lake of fire whatever there's no fear of that anymore the payment has been paid in full say it with me paid in full absolutely paid in full the blood of Jesus Christ was enough. His sacrifice is enough 
that when you are a believer and you believe on Jesus, you are freed from the penalty you was under. You are freed from the condemnation you had. You was freed from your destination to the lake of fire and hell. You were freed from it because of the blood of Christ. Absolutely 100% hallelujah. So let us not be penalty fixed in our mind. Let us not be wrath of God fixed in our mentality or our Christian worldview. Let us be redemption fixed. Let us be redemption minded in our worldview and celebrate what Christ has done on our behalf. Hallelujah. So we're not fearing retribution. We are people of liberation. Hallelujah. So let's go to the explanation part on the notes now. And let's read through this together as best as we can. Hallelujah. As a Christian, you are a redeemed person. This redemption is the means and the grounds by which you have been pronounced and become righteous. Okay, so this redemption of his fruit's blood is the means the grounds by which you've been declared and made righteous. The core meaning of redemption is a picture of a paying of debt owed to reclaim property. And I just want to stop there before I read on, because if you think of it, let me just put it this way to help you. Think of a mortgage. Once the mortgage is paid, do you keep on paying the mortgage? I can hear some of you listening to this saying, well, if the mortgage is paid, I ain't going to pay another penny to the bank. Yes, that's right. If a millionaire come now and paid off your mortgage, would you go to the bank the next month or through direct debit and keep on paying for the rest of your life? Absolutely not, because what the property has been paid for. Then why do some of you who are listening to this now as Christians keep trying to pay a debt to God in various ways, various attitudes, various practices for yourself, for your family, for your ancestors? Why do you keep paying a debt when the price has been paid? Why do you keep paying the price when the price has set and was paid for through the blood of Christ? You see how we're getting to the wrong view, folks. And you can live under the guilt of that. You can live under the fear of that. Have I done enough? No, you ain't done enough. But Christ has. And it's been paid for, not continually. It's been paid for once and for all. Again, using the illustration, your mortgage to your life, spiritually and physically, has been paid for by the blood of Christ by his life, when he died on a cross. And so, therefore, you are now owned by God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. The Lord himself paid the debt to God for sin and for the sin of Adam. Adam held mankind in debt through his decision and penalty of death, spiritually and physically, and eternal damnation. But Christ on the cross paid for the price for your deliverance. You are no longer under God's judgment and wrath to come. 
The Christian is not under judgment and has been made free from God's wrath and entered God's peace. The believer has been bought with the price of the blood of Christ. The freedom you have now means you have become Christ's property. You are no longer the devil's property. And that's what I mean. You are now owned by Christ because he's made a payment. He owns you now. Hallelujah. The devil no longer owns you. Oh, the devil's after me. The devil's done this. The devil's done that. The devil made me do it. No, you're totally delivered. You're totally free. Hallelujah. And so now you decide to walk in Christ, to live from Christ's life and nature and character. These are your choices now to begin to make because Christ has freed you and now you are his. Hallelujah. So let's just go to the other scriptures section. And there's a couple of scriptures to go through here, starting with Ephesians 1 verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So how was and what is the grounds by which God has redeemed us through his son? Through his blood. The blood of Christ is essential to redemption. It is the price that was set. Remember the scriptures that say that the life is in the blood. In the Old Testament, it says there can be no forgiveness of sin, remission of sin without blood. Blood, blood is God's economy because it represents the life and the innocence of that life. And of course, the, 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 the offerings in the Old Testament was animal sacrifices through their innocence because Adam made the decision on their behalf. And there was a certain innocence to their blood. But it only lasted 12 months, folks. And it didn't take away sin. It only covered sin. But Christ's blood didn't just cover sin. And it wasn't just temporary. Christ's blood has brought you from under the penalty of the wrath of God once and for all and forever. I'll say that again. Christ's blood has brought you from under the penalty of the wrath of God once and for all and forever. And so also at this point, I want to say to you, if that is true, if in whom, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood and he's redeemed us from the penalty and the wrath of God. Why do you think sometimes, and why do you see sometimes Christians think, oh, God's judging me. God's not judging you. The judgment was on his son. Oh, this happened to me because it's part of God's judgment. Absolutely not. You're free from the judgment of God. Now, God is a loving father, and as a dad, he will correct his children. So be aware of that. We are to take the correction of his father. But he doesn't use condemnation to do it, and he doesn't use penalty to do it, and he doesn't use judgment to do it. We have the Holy Spirit in us who it can be grieved when we do things wrong, but he, he coaches us and trains us and leads us and causes the fruit of God to come through our lives to, 
to begin to show the character of Christ through us. And that, that is fact. That's the way God works. So God's not at you. God's talking to you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's prompting you. Hallelujah. And sometimes, yes, he, God can be challenging. Our dad in heaven can be challenging with his words through the scriptures to our hearts and lives to change. And that's his love. That's not his penalty. I'll say that again. When he challenges us, it's his love, not his penalty. He can point out penalties that life will have against us. You get what I'm trying to say? Say, for instance, we're speeding down the road and we get prompted and say, slow down. And then we don't, we ignore it and the cop car comes and hits us with a fine. That's a penalty of law. It's not the penalty of God, is it? It's not God's judgment. No, his love was saying slow down. He was prompting us to slow down because there are earthly consequences. And in the same way, he trains us, he teaches us, he leads us, he gives us wisdom, he challenges us. But when we understand that he's doing it from love and not penalty, we're more in a place to receive his correction and we're more in a place to respond to his challenges because we know he loves us, he's not bringing his wrath upon us, it's his love working in our hearts and lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so let's go to the next scripture. Colossians 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Again, redemption through his blood. Not our blood, nor our efforts, nor our works, nor our consequences. It's redemption through his blood, we've been redeemed from penalty and wrath of God because of his blood, not ours. Hallelujah. Even the forgiveness of sins. And that's another subject lesson in itself. But we have been redeemed. We have received the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. By his blood and his work, not ours. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. So Christ has took your penalty and the wrath of God upon himself on the cross and he has paid the price with his blood. Hallelujah. So don't have that mentality, God's always after me. Absolutely not. So even when he's correcting you, he's not after you, just respond to him. He's bringing the fruits of God out of you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Hebrews 9.15 now. For this cause, he is a mediator of a New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of transgressions that were under the first covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And so basically what's happening here, Christ is a mediator between God and man of a new covenant. Under the old covenant, there was penalty. Depending on what sin you committed, there was penalty, up to even death. Hallelujah. So there was penalty under the law, but now you're under a new covenant in which Christ and his blood is now the mediatorship of that new covenant. It has brought into 
our world now a new covenant in operation through his death, through his body, through his blood. A covenant has been made and it's a new covenant. So we don't receive the penalty for our sins. The scripture says clearly he doesn't deal with us according to our sins because if he did, we'd all be dead. We'd all be going to hell. We'd all be going to the lake of fire. No, he deals with us based on Christ's blood and the new covenant now. Hallelujah to all them that have believed on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's by means of death for the redemption of transgressions that were under the first covenant. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So what's this saying? Look, God's not dealing with our sins, to paraphrase it, under an old covenant mindset and worldview now. No, he's not. He's dealing with our sins under a new covenant mindset to those who believe. And those who believe are operating now in a new covenant with his blood that has made that new covenant and has redeemed us from penalty. That we can receive an internal, eternal inheritance in him. And that's security, folks, knowing that we have an eternal inheritance. We will be with him forever. And everything we received in Christ is eternal. It lasts forever because he lives forever as our great high priest. So our redemption then is eternal. It's an eternal redemption. It's an eternal inheritance we have received and possess. We don't lose it. It's not up and down. It's not like a roller coaster ride. We redeem one day and not the next. No, we are redeemed as believers in Jesus Christ. We are redeemed forever, eternally. It's our eternal inheritance in him. Isn't that great news? Isn't that wonderful news? Hallelujah. I think so, definitely. So the the law, rule keeping, works and efforts and strifes could not redeem you. Your redemption is by the death of Christ, by the blood of Christ. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. So not only are you redeemed now in Christ, your future redemption is sealed and guaranteed. And so that brings me to the last scripture here, Romans 8, verse 23. And it speaks clearly of a future redemption as well. And what does that mean? Let's find out. Romans 8, 23. And not only they, but we also ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, for the redemption of the body. So there is also a future redemption. It's not the redemption of your spirit, your born again spirit. That has already been redeemed and is affected with redemption. But we also are guaranteed the redemption of our body. Our bodies have yet to catch up with a lot of things. Our bodies get sick, our bodies get tired, our bodies get old and our bodies can die. 
But God is as guaranteed because we are redeemed spiritually. He is guaranteed a future redemption of the body that our bodies will be resurrected. We will put on immortality as Christ did at his resurrection. And that is our future redemption, our bodies, not our spirit, they have already been redeemed. But our bodies are also have a promise of future resurrection that will take place. So even sin and death cannot hold our bodies. It's already sealed. It's already done. We will be resurrected from the dead and our death cannot hold even our physical bodies. There will be a day when we are resurrected. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that's why we've got to understand how powerful redemption is in Christ. It has sorted our spirit. It has sorted our soul. It has sorted our bodies. Hallelujah. It's a complete package in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so our bodies biologically are waiting for change. But also understand that the Holy Spirit dwells in your mortal body even now and you are his temple. And so because he lives in you, your future redemption of your body, your future change of your body into immortality is guaranteed. It is sealed. Hallelujah. So let's just now turn to the apply section on your notes and really just think about this sentence in the week and apply it to your life. Many Christians fear the judgment of God. From this point, see yourself as no longer under his judgment. Done. Hallelujah. So questions and, and through the week, answer these questions as, as you ponder on them. Question one, why do you think Christians fear God's judgment? And question two, do you as a believer need deliverance from sin and, and penalty? Do you need deliverance from sin and penalty? Answer that question. Put your thoughts together and you'll have a wonderful time. So until next time on Just Jesus... God bless you.